Happy Friday, everybody. Um, there is a lot going on uh, that I wanted to talk about today. And uh, I want to start with um, talking about the debate, um, the next debate, which is looking increasingly like it's not going to happen. Um, of course, the backstory of all this, of course, is Donald Trump got COVID one week ago. Uh, that was seven days ago that he tested positive, maybe eight days ago, depending on who you're talking to. I think it was late on Thursday uh, or very early, just after midnight on Friday morning that the uh, results came back. But he did test on Thursday night. And um, so it'll be 10 days until the uh, the next debate is scheduled, which is supposed to be next week. Now, the backstory here was, you know, you'll recall the Joe Biden campaign after the first presidential debate went and asked for a mute button. They said, we want to be able to cut off Trump's microphone. Uh, we talked about that here on the show. That was something that didn't go over very well. Uh, of course, now the Democrats have moved on to um, the next uh, tactic here, which is, well, if Trump has COVID, then we're going to have to do a virtual debate. Uh, the assumption there, of course, meaning uh, that we can cut off Trump, uh, Trump's microphone in a virtual debate. It's actually much easier. So um, the debate, debate commission first announced it was going to be changing the rules that the candidates had already agreed upon after the first debate. Now, I don't know if you've ever made an agreement with somebody, but when you agree to a series of debates with a debate commission, they don't get to change the rules after the first debate, at least with not, without uh, uh, asking you first and getting your agreement. Everyone has to agree to this. Otherwise, the person breaking the agreement is the debate commission. They are the ones that are changing the rules. So Joe Biden campaign asked for a mute button. Deb debate commission basically says, hey, Trump campaign, how do you feel about this? Trump campaign says, no. Debate commission says, we're going to change some things anyway. Uh, then debate commission says, we're going to do a virtual debate. This is all important because the way the, the uh, corporate press, which is the enemy of the people, truly, the way the corporate press is spinning this is Trump is backing out of the debate. That is not what's happening. The debate commission changed the rules. They said we're doing a virtual debate. Trump said there's no way I'm going to do a different type of debate than I already agreed to. Now, what happened was Joe Biden went ahead and canceled uh, plans for that debate and has now arranged a town hall event on ABC television the same night. So it's very unlikely, I think, at this point. I mean, things can change, obviously. It's not like, you know, Joe Biden has any grand plans to say anything very important. But uh, as of right now, it's looking like there will not be a second debate. Um, the corporate press, which is the enemy of the people, is blaming Trump for backing out of the debate. Um, the suggestion being that he's he's afraid to debate Joe Biden. <laughs> um, a really interesting thing, given that I don't think good. This is this is both good and bad. I don't know that Trump is afraid of anything. Um, other news is. Uh, there is a movement now 
that I think is a, a this is a pretty big movement. Um, Nancy Pelosi announced today on Friday that she is putting together a commission that is going to uh, rule on the president's fitness for office. Now, this is interesting, and she specifically says this is not about Donald Trump, but it does, it is supposed to rule on Donald Trump's fitness for office, his mental fitness for office. So this is going to be interesting. Um, Obviously, there's going to be no teeth to this. This is all theatrics. It's all for show. It's an interesting tactic, I must say, but it is something that is uh, pretty offensive, I think, to anyone who believes in the peaceful transition of power. Remember that concept? Well, that is, uh, we're at the end of that. Um, You have the leader, uh, the de facto leader of the Democratic Party right now in Nancy Pelosi, who is taking every low blow possible um, with the excuse being Trump did it first. Um, I would argue that's not the case at all, that this has been going on for decades. And Trump came in and uh, has has done the exact same type of tactic, but very transparently. I don't think uh, Donald Trump has been... I mean, look, this is one of his big flaws. And I actually, I don't know that it is a flaw. We can argue about that that he's very transparent about what he's doing and what he's thinking. And it's it's uncouth and it's rude. And he comes across blunt and, in some cases, extremely inarticulate. But uh, it's very clear what he's trying to do. Now, this, this move by Pelosi is one that is um, also, it, it doubles as a check for... Joe Biden. And I think this is the actual play here, or or they're at least, you know, starting to uh, uh, build out a strategy for this to um, for this to work. And uh, for the basically the idea is to remove Kamala Harris from office. Uh, sorry, to put Kamala Harris into office by removing um, Joe Biden. So that's the idea. Um and yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that this is uh, very blatant. Um, you know, one of my uh, favorite people on Twitter, Michael Malice, says that uh, he, he believes that the inevitable outcome, and I, I tend to agree with this, the inevitable outcome is a secession and uh, the splitting up of the country. Uh, at the very least, the decentralization of a lot of the federal powers that are running things that are so corrupt, and at some point you're going to have groups of states or counties or cities that are going to say, nope, we're not playing by those rules, much in the same way you see with marijuana, uh, the way that uh, a lot of different cities have just decided we don't care what federal law says, uh, we uh, just are not going to criminalize marijuana. So... That is uh, a little bit of the chaos that's going on in the political world right now. Um, I want to talk about another thing that came up yesterday. This was something that really, really blew up. And I, I think this is indicative of a bigger thing that's happening. Yelp announced that it is going to put a uh, racial... Uh, let me make sure that I have the terminology right here. 
Yelp plans to, um, if a business, if one of its businesses, you know, Yelp, obviously, for those who don't know, I don't know who wouldn't know at this point, Yelp is a website that basically reviews every type of business there is and lets you post comments, lets customers post comments, and uh, then the business can respond to it and whatever. It issues kind of a five-star rating based on all of the reviews that people leave that business. So, you know, you might see um, a local restaurant or something. It might have a, a four-star review, and, uh, you know, that's that's basically represents the supposed average of all of the reviews. Now, for a long time, those that star rating has been unreliable. Uh, there are ways to tinker with that if you're a business, um, including through the legal system. You can get a lot of these things removed. There's been a, a big issue with um, fake ratings on a lot of these uh, Yelp reviews. So, um, But yesterday, Yelp announced they are going to take a new step here. Um, and I think this shows you how far the woke ideology has penetrated into the corporate world, and especially in the tech companies, because you see, oh, and I should also mention, um, Twitter has taken down our Twitter feed, uh, at down wokeness that has now been removed and suspended, and we are unable to log into that again. So, um, Please just use our direct link, I think, to our show in sharing this. If you like what you're hearing, um, you know, this makes it quite a bit more difficult. I think maybe, you know, we'll have to resort to going over to Parler or some other platform like that to try to have that presence. But um, but the uh, they're making it very difficult leading up to this election. And just to clarify, this was after um, no controversial posts at all. We just shared the last link to the last show. And um, then something like uh, 24, 36 hours later, um, they locked out the account and said it was suspended. And um, yeah, it's now uh, it's now in Twitter purgatory. So um, yeah, we'll have to rely on good old word of mouth if, uh, if we want to keep growing this thing. I think at this point, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, they are getting cracking down quite a bit. Obviously, you know, Facebook announced earlier this week, we didn't talk about it, but Facebook announced they are going to ban uh, all discussion of QAnon, which is this movement that uh, essentially thinks that there's um, huge revelations that are coming, mass arrests that are coming to the criminals that are in Washington, D.C. and other places all kind of ties this together. I personally think that's a little too neat of a bow to put everything in, to tie everything into. I don't think we're going to see that. We might see a few people that um, that are actually prosecuted for things, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not holding out a lot of hope given that uh, so much has come out already, including the news of Barack Obama directly allowing the CIA and FBI to spy on the Trump campaign uh, in order to help Hillary Clinton's campaign and, uh, you know, not being held to task. I mean, it's conservative media, basically, that's talking about this, which this is so much bigger than Watergate, it's not even funny. And, um, you know, this really should be if we had a corporate press that was um, in any way honest, they would be talking about this. But this is a big red pill moment again for 
everyone who's heard about this, first off, because you have to be able to read the actual declassified documents, and also, you know, a lot of people will see something posted by a conservative media outlet, whether it be the Daily Wire or Breitbart or Fox News, and they'll just automatically not read it, and uh, because they assume that it's it's uh, it's biased. And a lot of time it is, but um, look, we got a problem if only one side of the journalism world is going to even talk about scandals that happen because they don't want to hurt their own their own people. I mean, that's a problem. So, um, but that shows you the depravity and malfeasance of the corporate press to not cover these things that are the biggest um, scandals in maybe in all of American history. And yet they're not being covered. All right, so let's bring it all back to Yelp, because Yelp, uh, you know, this website that kind of aggregates reviews, gives star ratings, all this stuff, they announced yesterday they are going to create a new um, warning on their website. And it's going to be a note that says, business accused of racist behavior. This is an alert they're going to put at the top of every page. Um, that that has some media accusation that, you know, an employee said something racist to someone else. So I guess Starbucks is totally screwed. <laughs> um, I wonder how this is going to work for some of those entities. Um, but obviously this is a, um, this is, you know, something that immediately their, their tweets about this were ratioed. Um, but let me just read their their plan here, because this is pretty interesting. They released this in the form of a um, Yelp, uh, sorry, in the form of a tweet. They say, today we're announcing a new consumer alert to stand against racism. In the last few months, we've seen that there is a clear need to warn consumers about businesses associated with egregious racially charged actions to help people make more informed spending decisions. Okay. So pause. This is part of a thread, so there's other parts to this tweet. But what? There is a clear need to warn consumers about egregious, racially charged actions by businesses? What businesses are these? Maybe I missed the secret KKK business coalition that is out there doing and saying racist things. And again... Let me just say, racism in and of itself is almost entirely harmless. It's as harmless as calling someone an asshole is. Racism in and, in and of itself. It's an ugly thought. It's an ugly idea. It's something that, in my opinion, um, people do when they disagree, uh, when, when they really don't have any um, rational reason to, uh, you know, hate something bigger than a race. I think you can, you know, oftentimes now, you know, this is the story of 2020, um, a lot of other things get grouped in as racism. The culture of certain people uh, is can be racist. Well, I mean, I guess we don't need, even need to go through the list of all the things that can be racist or that that, <laughs> that the left considers racist at this point. Drinking milk is racist. Um So, but you get the picture here. Racism is a problem when it results in violence. Racism is a problem when it results in violence. 
It's not a problem if some idiot says something racist. In what world is it okay for someone, one, one person to make a racist joke and then someone else to beat the hell out of them? Is that the world we want to live in? where we don't have any boundaries between speech and violence, and instead we're drawing these lines based on a nefarious misunderstanding of someone having an ugly thought. The whole idea of free speech is you're putting out ugly thoughts. The whole idea of free speech is you're supposed to be able to speak what's on your mind transparently. And yeah, there might be people that don't want to associate with that, but you do not get to resort to violence against that person because of this. One of the ACLU's biggest uh, cases that they ever took on was a march by the KKK in the 70s. And the ACLU took the stance, there's not a chance they would take the stand today, by the way, but the ACLU took the stance that even though these people are saying hateful things, they do have a right to their freedom of speech. And if everyone else wants to condemn that and say, we don't want this in our community, then they can say that too. But you do not get to resort to violence. So this idea of racism being the boogeyman, racism in and of, oh, it's racism, it's racism. This is the result of decades of indoctrination by public schools and universities to turn what is a concept into a violent action. Racism, the word, is not a violent action. Yet, now you see a lot of these uh, millennial crybabies that have taken jobs in corporate HR departments and tech companies like Yelp, and they are saying things like, there is a clear need... Now, look, are we a more racist country than we were 50 years ago? Really? How about 20 years ago? I seem to think that it's a pretty good world. We're, our standard of living is better in every regard than it was 20 years ago. But no, we're supposed to believe, no, it's it's getting so much worse now. Okay. I, I don't know where these people um, have the courage to come out and say things that are factually untrue, but um, it's, it's really, really um, a damning indictment of the public school and university system that people even think this way. So Yelp puts out the statement, there's a clear need to warn customers about uh, uh, egregious racially charged actions. So what does this look like? This looks like, um, you know, the, the here's the hypothetical. It's like the bakery with the gay couple. And the bakery says, we don't want to make a cake with two guys on the top of the cake. Uh, we are Christian and don't believe that that is uh, right. And this gay couple who did this to several bakeries, by the way. Um, so I wonder what their motivations were. This gay couple decides to file a lawsuit, and this goes all the way up, you know, through the court system, basically costs uh, this bakery a ton of money, obviously a ton of business along the way, too, because this is now being polarized, and uh, now this business is completely out of business. So um, that's what happened with the gay marriage thing, and um, a bakery was being told, essentially... We don't care if you believe in this or not. You have to go make this for us, which is not the way any business works, any service works, any product works. I don't want to make anyone 
who hates me and my way of life have to go make something for me? What is their incentive to make something even halfway as decent? If you're doing any sort of business, it requires the voluntary participation of two people. Now, look, if one person says, I really don't like such and such race of people or gender or sex of people or whatever, sexual orientation, if someone makes that case, then you cannot do business with them. There are plenty of other people out there that will say, I'll do anything for you know this, this dollar amount especially when it comes to something like a bakery. I don't even think that's an issue. But here we're talking about applying that same kind of standard to something that is not set out directly in the law, and that is some employee makes some comment that could be seen as racially insensitive. Because again, this is not talking about hate crimes. You know, this is not, uh, uh, Yelp is not talking about, you know, if someone says something, um, that, uh, 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 you know, creates an incentive for violence against a black person coming into their store. No. This is talking about people who have racially charged actions. Racially charged. So, you know, an example would be one of those microaggressions, like, oh, you know, you're, uh, you know, your fro looks really, you know, whatever it would be. Like, you can make a comment about um, the natural hair of an African-American person. You could make a comment about the uh, attire of a Native American person. You could make a uh, comment about the um, an Indian person not wearing deodorant. Uh, you could make a comment about the accent of a, you know, Chinese-born person, um, you know, coming into your Starbucks. I can't hear you. What did you say? Anything like that could be seen as racially charged by Yelp. Now, the result of this is you end up with this lovely badge at the top of your Yelp page that says, Business Accused of Racist Behavior. Alert! And this is, um, they're going to put this on the pages of any businesses that have a news article that claims that someone was uh, received a racially charged um, comment or action. Can you see how this would possibly be abused? <laughs> uh, so this is a pretty uh, ridiculous... Um, move, I think. It's interesting, you know, the, the tweet continues here, just to kind of finish this thought. Communities have always turned to Yelp in reaction to current events. Uh, not really. And our user operations team already places alerts on business pages when we notice an unusual uptick in reviews that are based on what someone may have seen in the news, rather than on a first-hand experience. Now, when a business gains attention for reports of racist conduct... Yelp will place a new business accused of racist behavior alert on their Yelp page to inform users, along with a link to a news article where they can learn more. Now, if the corporate press wasn't the enemy of the people and depraved, then I think that, you know, this would be a stronger case. However, trust in the media is at an all-time low, and there is no doubt 
that the corporate press is the enemy of the people. So um, when Yelp says things like this, you know, they will uh, place these alerts and links to, uh, to articles. This is how you get sued into oblivion. Yelp is going to have million-dollar, billion-dollar lawsuits on its hands very, very soon. Now, um, the result of this, you know, look, every business owner is well aware of Yelp's influence. Um, so this was met with some pretty um, strong reactions, negative reactions. Their tweets were um, were ratioed, which is a, a, a tech way of saying that it, more people responded to this than liked or retweeted. And um, that is something that indicates a, on Twitter, indicates a strong disagreement by uh, the people who have seen that tweet. So Yelp has come out and tried to clarify, oh, well, here's our rules for this, here's our rules for this. Um, they do say, here's what we'll do. You know, this came out um, a, day, a day later or so, uh, maybe 12 hours later. Here's what we'll do when an incident involving racism occurs. Again, an incident involving racism? Who's the judge of this? One, we'll default to a general public attention alert to inform customers if someone associated with the business was accused of or the target of racist behavior. Huh. If someone associated with the business was accused of or the target of racist behavior. Does this sound a lot like McCarthyism to you? Remember McCarthyism, the worst thing that ever happened to the left that they remind us about all the time? The blacklist? Communists being put on a blacklist? Suspected communists totally destroying their freedom of speech and freedom of association. Well, here Yelp is saying, if someone associated with a business is accused of or the target of any racist behavior as determined by them, then the page gets slapped with a big warning, a big mark. It's an exclamation point. It's not, a, uh, it's not as fancy as wearing a uh, symbol on their sleeve, but it's the digital version of this. Two, we'll only escalate to a business accused of racist behavior alert when there is a resounding evidence of egregious racist actions from a business owner or employee, such as, here's the only examples they give, such as using overtly racist slurs or symbols, you know, like if you make the OK symbol with your fingers. And this alert will always link to a news article from a credible media outlet so users can learn more. So there's a little bit of backtracking going on here, but um, this still leaves the interpretation of anything racist up to the business itself. Now look, I'm sorry, up to Yelp, up to Yelp itself, Yelp's reviewers, not the business itself. It should be the business itself that can uh, freely associate however it wants. Yelp has doubled down on all this stuff. You know, they've put out an initiative called... uh, uh, open to all, hashtag open to all, um, all about uh, inclusive and safe and welcoming businesses to everyone. Again, these are all code words. I, no one disagrees with the idea that it's nice to be inclusive to everybody. But what happens if some of those people are total pieces of shit? Why would you want to be inclusive to people that are horrible? And 
here the left is making the claim that we're inclusive and they fail to mention that, oh no, we're very exclusive, by the way, of anyone who's basically a white male at this point because of systemic racism. You're, you're racist by birth. You know, it's, it's original sin. Um, sorry, you are born a sinner. And the only way that you can ever make that up is to uh, constantly and every day live your life for anti-racism. This is what they actually believe these people who run these corporate HR departments. Um, and it's interesting that, you know, Yelp is putting out posts that say things like, we know small businesses are struggling these days. Yeah, 50% of businesses are closing because of these COVID lockdowns. Small businesses have never been in worse shape. Yelp says, as you're opening your stores safely... Wherever you can, not in uh, New York and uh, uh, Los Angeles and San Francisco, make sure your customers know you are hashtag open to all. We're proud to work with at open to all of us, this is on Twitter, to develop this toolkit to support inclusive businesses. And they link to their Yelp blog. So what does this Yelp blog look like? Um, Well... They announced that uh, this Open to All was launched in 2018. And again, these are not new things. It, this is just the latest wave of Black Lives Matter that has emboldened all these companies to take extremely bold actions to claim that they are, you know, on the right side of history kind of a thing. And it is the most propaganda thing you've ever seen. I mean, even if you see the this this inclusive multicultural photo- the stock photography, I mean, it is on this blog post, it's uh eight different people all of different shades and, you know, different races and um and different genders, some of them of questionable uh gender. <laughs> Might not be any gender. Um and, uh, and they all are, you know, have their hands around each other. And the idea here is like, you know, it, it's, it's so interesting how this concept that is the, the beauty pageant um, stupidity of, well, we need world peace. You know, why can't we all just get along? This has become a mantra that the left actually believes, but somehow they have this huge blinder to the fact that they hate with a passion to the point of wanting to kill people. They hate anything that's conservative. Because anyone that has traditional values, especially if it's related to capitalism or a nuclear family, or in any way, the idea of, uh, of treating people as individuals instead of as members of a group or community, these are all terrible, terrible things. Yelp's blog basically... Uh, uh, spells out that they have uh, this open-to-all initiative, and it's a bunch of templates, basically, for different things. Email templates, uh, social media templates, uh, posters to put on in, you know, employee workrooms, and uh, lists of lots of different super lefty, woke organizations that have uh, trainings, you know, white supremacy trainings, um, white fragility trainings, 
And uh, they are encouraging all businesses to activate the open to all attribute on your Yelp business page. So there is really nothing more. This is the most Maoist that we have seen the small business world get into. Um, You actually have a tech company with an enormous ability to influence business, the success and failure of different businesses. Um, I mean, this is going to change with time. This this, uh, Yelp is losing its reputation very quickly uh, as a result of this. Um, and it, it has been for the past few years with a lot of this woke nonsense that they have been uh, putting out. But the idea here that a business must claim to, you know, it basically has to apply to be part of this open for all initiative. Um, and, you know, then if you don't, um, you're, you know, essentially on a watch list by Yelp and other people that are going to be hunting you down looking for racist behavior, uh, including a lot of -of out-of-work journalists (laughs) looking for stories. And uh, then they're going to slap your page with a racist behavior alert. And and then the only way you're going to be able to deal with that racist behavior alert is going to be to apply for their open-to-all initiative. Isn't that interesting? So Yelp totally in the trash. I would not uh, rely on Yelp anymore at all. Um, in fact, I would even look to some of those businesses that end up getting that that uh, racist behavior badge because um, those are probably businesses that are going to have to work extra hard to please their customers. They're going to have fewer customers because uh, everyone on the left is going to take this at face value. So I would encourage you to uh, consider patronizing the businesses that are hit with that, that are already struggling during a pandemic. But um, again, if it's a uh, racist, then it's totally okay if they suffer. That's the idea. That's going to wrap us up for today. Um, As I mentioned, our social media is down. Twitter has suspended it, uh, at downwokeness. So please do share this with a friend who might enjoy this uh, podcast. And uh, be sure to subscribe, all of that good stuff. We will be back next week. There's going to be plenty more to talk about. We'll see if there's a debate. Um, But as for now, have a great weekend, and we will see you next week.